to the Red River Scripture Circles podcast. This is Jennifer Schillinger, the Executive Director, and we're joined today by our wonderful friend, Rabbi Noah. Yay! Thank you. Yay. And also by one of our committee members, Laura Shep, who is a pastor at Heartland Community Church. Hello! Uh, we're just so excited to be in conversation today. So as a reminder, our podcasts are, are structured very similarly to how you would experience a circle, and so... Um, even though we have a pre-planned topic, we haven't really pre-planned the conversation or the content, and so it's going to be very conversational, and this is just part of our invitation of inviting you to join one of these conversations. And so we're just excited. Today we're going to be talking about Sabbath. Yes, Sabbath. Um, so uh, we first uh, kind of run into the Sabbath, uh, or at least get kind of an outline of what it's looking like in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Um, so to start, I'll just read verses Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, to kind of dive into our introduction of the idea of the Sabbath. So um, here we go. The heaven and the earth were finished, and all their array. On the seventh day, God finished the work that he had been doing, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because on it God rested from all the work of creation that he had done. Okay, so um, usually a lot of translations will say rested uh, in their verse 2 and in their verse 3. Um, uh, God rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. And then later in verse 3, God rested from all the work of creation that he had done. That word that they're translated as rested uh, in most translations, um, in Hebrew, it's the word Shabbat. Or we'll say Sabbath in English. Um, Sabbath is just a sounding out uh kind of an anglicized version, Shabbat, the word there in Hebrew. So we have Shabbat, um, which is oftentimes being translated as rested. And it, it does mean rested quite more painfully, literally, though, if I were to look up this word Shabbat or Sabbath, um, Shabbat in like a Hebrew dictionary, rested might be like the second definition for this word or the third. The, the first um, definition for this word Shabbat or Sabbath um, literally is, is going to be to stop or to cease. To stop or to cease. Now, before we dive into stop, cease, for a moment to think a little bit about rest. When we think about rest, if someone says, uh, well, on the seventh day, God rested uh, from all the work that God had doing. God rested. Um, and we think, okay, so, so rest. What does rest look like? Naps. I just sleep. <laughs> I like that sound of rest. <laughs> yeah, that's my idea of rest. Um, I can have a restful day, meaning what might I be doing? Nothing. No, no hard tasks. Yeah. Um, I guess like I'm a just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. leisurely in my PJs, <laughs> comfy clothes. Leisurely hanging. out. I love that PJs. Um, the comfy clothes and maybe all. Um, I don't know about you. Anyone ever just kind of maybe binge watch half a season of a show because I'm having a rest day. Oh, yes. Okay, so I'm not alone. Good. Um, <laughs> right? And please, I'm not trying to say that there's never any time or space for something of that nature, but just that's, I think, when we think about resting, rest, like kind of like on the sofa, lazy day, naps, comfy clothes, um, not doing anything, rest. This word, quite literally, though, to stop or to cease. I mean, if I'm stopping... How might that be different than resting? It's a conscious effort to, you know, for me, see the laundry and not touch it. 
you know, to know the dishes are piled up and not go there and, and clean them, you know. It's stopping. Nope, I'm not going to do any more today. I am done and walking away. Yeah, there feels like a removal of, like, instead of just, a, like, a replacement. I think sometimes when we're resting, we're like, you know, if it's like a PJ Netflix day, then it's like, I'm replacing my work with Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've done sometimes. <laughs> but, yeah. Can you, um, can you say the remove replacing, can you say that? That was really... Yeah, I just think that it's, you know... When you think about rest, it's like I'm doing this instead of, instead of stopping, it feels like a removal of. Like, to stop, it's like I'm stopping. I'm not saying I'm, I'm pivoting, I'm doing something else, I'm transitioning to, you know. It's, I'm just stopping. It's a removal. And in and, and that kind of creates a space. A removal that creates a space. I mean, I think that is such a beautiful articulation of what we're talking about here. And... The temptation, and, and please don't mean this in a demonizing sentence, the temptation to replace with something. Let me put this in here instead, or let me add this. Um, you know, I, I th- was having a conversation uh, with my dad um, a couple weeks ago, and just thinking about how so very often in, in civilizations, we just keep adding things and adding things and adding things and adding things. And one of the, um, uh, looking at a, another uh, civilizational reality in which there was actually a very consciousness, particularly it was in an educational system structure conversation of instead of just adding something else, because they realized that something within their system was really deeply missing in another part of the world. They said, before we can add anything, we have to remove something. We can't simply add. We have to remove. And before we're ever going to add something, we got to remove something first. And what does it mean to, as you're talking about with the Sabbath, say, I'm going to remove and I'm not going to just replace. I'm going to remove. Mm-hmm. So what might that look like? Well, I can tell you from personal experience, it can feel anxious at first to someone who's used to having all of your time full. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, so... This is like the internal wrestle where it's like, okay, oh, well, I can do some planning. No, that's like work. Oh, I could, you know, I can, oh, I, I can go do that project that I've been, okay, but that, like, that's not really, like, because it's from delight. It's sort of a necessity, like, organizing that class is not actually, like, practicing delight. It's actually more like work, <laughs> just different work. So it can feel a little, like, there's some anxiety around that at first because it's like, I don't know how to be. Because it's shifting into a different way of being. Okay. So, um, that was so beautifully said. Okay, when we think about, um, just to get another puzzle piece here, because I think it's so helpful in thinking about this, we're stopping, we're taking something out, we're not necessarily adding something in, uh, especially. And when we think about the context of the original introduction of this idea here, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, man, well, this is the seventh day for God, Men and women are created on what day? Six. Six day. First thing on the sixth day? Last thing. Last thing on the sixth day. Meaning, and, and thinking of days at that time in scripture, really thinking about evening being the start of the day, um, meaning the very first thing that the man and woman experience is what? Resting. Resting. Stopping. Right? And in that sense, it all starts with stopping. 
People are created at the end of day six. The first thing they experience is Sabbath, Shabbat, with the Lord in the Garden of Eden. As Jennifer um, was kind of uh, alluding to, Eden, um, Eden in Hebrew, just it was transliterated uh, from the Hebrew to the English. Eden literally meaning delight. So literally the very first thing that man and woman experience is stopping with the Lord in the Garden of Delight. And in that sense, they did not need to what in order to stop with the Lord? Work. There was no working for it. Meaning it's not something that I or we can... Gain. You can't, you can't earn it. There is no gaining earning my Sabbath, our Sabbath. It's something that God is freely... Yeah, offering. It's just... It's a gift. It's like a gift of a first experience. You know, I think about that even like, like how amazing would that have been to be like your first experience? Like how important is it that God made that the first experience? You know, that it wasn't like the thing that you did after, but it was the thing that you did before. Um, the part of verse one Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, or yours was finished, in all their vast array. There's just something beautiful about that, too, knowing that God has already completed. These are just tasks and chores. They'll wait. It's This is what is priority, is the rest, is the stop, the actual stop, you know. And it, yeah, I think you just have to trust in the Lord that this is completed, this is finished, it's time for you to stop and it's okay to stop because it's what he's asking you to do right now. Lord, I love as you spoke earlier too, right? About the dishes in the sink and the laundry that needs to be done, right? Because it's, it's real, real life. What is there always going to be more of? Dishes. Oh my God. <laughs> always more dishes. I'm like, why do we have dishes? Why do we have to keep eating? <laughs> My house, it socks. Always. Socks <laughs> everywhere. Socks. <laughs> you open a bin, there's another sock. Where did the bins come from? Socks, a very common thing this trip. Uh, it, it, it's, 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 a, it's incredible how there, there will always be more things to do in the house. There will always be more chores. So when I sometimes, if I might be thinking, and I think it's very easy to get in this, in this cycle, when I'm thinking, I need to finish all of my tasks, then I'll stop. What am I probably never or very rarely going to do? Finish all the tasks. You're not going to do it. So how am I going to stop? And in that sense, I'm also saying what comes last? The stopping. Yeah, stopping with God comes last. I put that at the end of my priorities. That's at the back. When God is saying, and I think laying it out from the beginning of the introduction of the idea for us, I want you to start, start here. Start with stopping. And in that sense, when we think about sometimes um, the Sabbath, Shabbat, being a place where I kind of, I'm rejuvenated, I, I, I re-energize, I, I, I plug back in. You know, in that sense, by the time I hit the Sabbath, I'm already at, one might say, a bit of a... Oh, I'm like empty, man. Mm-hmm. Then I really do want my rest to be a nap. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm at, right. I'm at a deficit. I'm not at 100%. I, I'm maybe, hopefully, uh, well, who knows where I am at, at how, how tired I am at that point. And what this is actually saying is, God's just created us. 
now I want you to stop. Meaning, if I'm if I'm just been created and I haven't worked yet, my energy should be where? 100%. And now God's saying, okay, now on top of that 100%, what do I want you to do? Stop. Stop and be with me. Meaning, now I'm probably going to have... More. Exactly. Peace. Abundantly more. Yeah. Ah, more. That abundantly more cup overflowing. And I'm not working out of a deficit. I'm not moving into the week out of a place of lack or from needing to get back up. But I'm actually now living out of an overflow abundance. I always think that it's interesting because we talk about that. We talk about like self-care and we talk about how like, oh, you have to take care of yourself so that you take care of others. But I think we, we talk about filling ourselves back up, but how much longer that takes to fill us up from empty instead of being from a place where we're already full and then it is, it is an overflow. Like it's a completely different experience to be pouring out over an overflow versus it's almost like a conservation of like, I only have just enough. So I think I need like three or four Sabbaths a week uh, for a little while anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how my family will feel about it, but... You have an amazing family. So. <laughs> yeah, I do. And, it's, and I think, you know, to your point, it's, it's a rhythm to be entered into, right? It's not yeah. just like a one-off thing where, okay, I get to this maybe once a month or once every few months and, and I have my Sabbath. This is a weekly rhythm that God has laid out from the very beginning of creation. Um, and, and in this sense, what does it really mean to say that it all starts with stopping? You know, a lot of times when I read through the <clears throat> Old Testament, people will be doing like the next big thing and they'll go off to war and they'll do it. And I always think... Why didn't you inquire of the Lord first? Why didn't you spend that time with God before you went on to do this conquest? And sometimes I think they didn't even realize how big the next step was going to be until they were in it and then it was way over their head. And if they had just stopped a minute, spent some time with the Lord, asked him, hey, should I do this? And he would have given direction. It maybe would have alleviated a lot of hurt. And then how often we're like, Lord, why weren't you with us? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> you didn't I'm ask me to come. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Did you at all start with having a conversation with us? <laughs> Did you stop and be with me, Eddie? <laughs> like, and, I, and I love as you said, Lord, because, you know, it's thousands of years ago. I think it's, it's so real life today, too, where... I might think that, um, uh, look, if I, if I end up really stopping for a day, and as you said, different poor, I don't replace it with anything. I, I, I didn't get through that show everyone told me to watch, or I didn't make lists of plans for the week, or those dishes just got higher. There were just more socks around the house. And some people might say, and if, if I were to come back and say, I, I had a Sabbath, I really, I stopped, I ceased. Someone might say, that sounds like you were... You wasted the whole day. <laughs> day wasted because you were being completely... Unproductive. No, unproductive. What was the deliverable from your day? I, I stopped. You know, and, and how much I think we um, talk about things in frames and context of productivity. Yeah. What, you were being lazy. You just lounged. You did what all day? Mm -hmm. you, you were with God for a day or something and you stopped. And 
and and just that dynamic of what are we producing? What are we? What are? What, what can we show for what we did for the day? And, and how often, um, sometimes when you ask someone how they're doing, so very often people say, oh, I've been so busy. So busy. And, and people don't necessarily say that, though, as like, it's terrible I've been so busy, but kind of like, I've been so busy. And sometimes there's almost a tinge of, and again, I don't mean this in a judgmental sense, but almost like a, a prideful, like, I have so much going on. I'm, I'm doing so many things. And it's not to say to not do anything or to not have things going on. But when I think we, we value busyness and productivity sometimes over our relationship with the Lord. Mm. And I can put busy doing almost on a pedestal. Ouch, you're hitting me where it hurts. <laughs> I think space is also really hard for people because it, it forces them to, like, have conversations with themselves and with the Lord that sometimes they're avoiding. Yes, that's true. And I think, you know, one of the, um, to, yeah, right, to enter into that space it is not necessarily easy. And, 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 I, and I, I don't, you're right, I don't mean to be ouch. Um, so I, I am sorry. And I also just think, you know, here's the great, this is such, such a great gift from God that we can do this when? Anytime, really. Thank you. Right, there's not like a oh, so you haven't Sabbath for the first twenty-seven or eighty-two or forty-three years of your life. No more chances. Sorry, you missed your Sabbath opportunity. Gone. Bye. Dang it! <laughs> we can enter into this rhythm any time in our lives, right? So the idea that I, I've missed the opportunity or I've missed the boat every single week. Here's God saying, "Stop. Do you want to stop?" And then thinking about. It's starting with stopping. I think sometimes when we kind of frame Sabbath, uh, Shabbat, stopping, ceasing, resting in our lives, when we talk about this, we'll kind of say like, oftentimes I have to work six days in order to have a Sabbath. And then from that place of having Sabbath after working six days, I'll work six more days, right? And that was kind of what we were talking about before of, I'm already kind of tired by the time I hit my Sabbath. I'm already a bit drained. I, I need to be replenished. I need to be restored. I need to be re-energized. And I think people live their lives in that sense, kind of like a 6-1-6. Six days of work for one day of Sabbath for six more days of work. And in that mathematical equation, in 13 days, I would have stopped how many times? Once. Once. Whereas I want to suggest the math that God, I think, is really offering us and, and really encouraging us towards is... You start with stopping, then six days of work, and then another stopping, another Sabbath. And in that sense, in eight days, I would have stopped how many times? Two. Two. So will I live my life 616 or 161? What would it look like? I hope for 161. (laughs) I hope for that. And that's a completely different, I think, framework of how we think about this conversation about the Sabbath. And what would it look like to live one six one? A lot different. I have a question too. Do you think there's significance with it being a whole day? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think there's moments in the day that feel like Sabbath. Like maybe I've dropped everybody off at school and now I have those 15 minutes in the car that I'm alone. And that sometimes to me is my one quiet, my one 
you know, Sabbath moment, you know, it seems like in the day. But I wonder if there's significance with it really being a day, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah? No, I, I agree. I agree there is. I totally, I completely agree. And I think, you know, to your point, I, I think, I absolutely believe that one can have a Sabbath moment or, or a Sabbath hour or a Sabbath chunk of time in a day and a day. Right, it's and not to day. say yeah. it has to be an either or yeah. endeavor. Oh well, you got fifteen minutes two weeks ago, so we're taking it off of your day to <laughs> check off the Sabbath list. <laughs> I did Sabbath. I, I had that fifteen minutes. It was lovely. You know? And it, they might have been. It's totally. It's not to diminish it or to demean it or say that it isn't a Sabbath and a day. Yeah, I mean, trusting God's wisdom. I mean, that's what He set aside. And I think okay. Um, Exactly, how God has set things aside. And when we think about just how we think of a day, most of the time, especially nowadays, people say the day begins when? In the morning. In the morning. When what happens? When wake up. When the sun rises. Wake up or sun rises. Or um, if people maybe are being uber technical, um, at 12.01. Right? Like, if you want to do it by by that way, right? So, generally speaking, you know, someone's going to say either it's technically the, the... literal minute or we'll say or we'll go with uh, when I wake up or we'll say when the sun comes up something like that right mm-hmm. um, and in that sense though especially if we do when I wake up or when the sun comes up I'm probably for I think a lot of people pretty quickly and I'll just speak for myself that means I'm starting my day with resting well if I start when I wake up oh I'm sorry I'm sorry so, I'm boots on the ground I gotta go <laughs> you and I are the same place there. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm sorry I'm I go like, I woke up, it's time to work. Like, yeah. And in that sense, I'm starting with working. Whereas when we actually think about how they're thinking about time in our scripture, the day begins when? Well, and every other time when they're talking about creation, there was evening and there was morning the first day. Exactly. Meaning the day starts with the sunset, the, the, sunset, yeah. the evening. And in that sense, even on a daily rhythm, we start with stopping. Right? We start with going to sleep. And for how many times is God communicating with people throughout our Bible in their dreams? Here's a little opportunity to stop, to, to be with the Lord. <clears throat> and it's, yes, it's on a weekly. Yes, it's a whole day. And it's even within a daily rhythm of what does it mean to actually see my day start at night? To start with stopping. To start with not working. Instead of, I wake up and I work, that's the start of my day. And again, not as like a, a bad person, it, because it, it's not that, uh, I think it, our, our, our civilization is structured in a certain way that is not this. Uh, th- this right. is running very counter to a lot of things that, um, at least I know I was taught from a very young age, uh, just by the, the schools I went to, the, the communities I was a part of. You know, it, This is how it works. And, and then you actually get into the scripture and go, well, actually, as you said, no, it starts with evening. Evening and morning, evening and morning, evening and morning. Not wake up, work, evening, day one. Right. It's so funny. I just feel like God knows us so well that he's like, okay, we're just going to like help you help yourself. Let's help you stop. We're just going to, even the days. I also love that it's not, um, like it doesn't start when you're asleep. But there's an entering in. I think there's an intentionality of going into that that place of stopping. Um, 
you know, you and your dad talk often about like, what is it to enter a room before you enter it? Like there is a, like a yeah. mental physical preparation of like entering a space so that you can be totally present in it. And sometimes you miss what's happening in that present space because you haven't fully entered in. Like, you know, you enter into a room, like you come home from work and like, you're still mentally at work, like trying to figure, figure out a couple of things or like a conversation that you have with a coworker. And it takes you like an hour and a half just to fully get home. <laughs> Um, and I feel like in some ways that's what's that time between sunset and sleep is. It's like that preparation of stopping of like, okay, let's wash the day out and start new. It's so, that was, uh, wow. Uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel has a book, uh, the Sabbath, and it, it so speaks to the very thing you just raised of there's a preparation to stopping. Like if I think the Sabbath is about. And, and please, because I have done this many years, I will just run, 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 run right off the cliff, crash to the Sabbath. There's there's whole preparation. There's a whole a slowing down, a, a transitioning from what the day looked like to here we go. Because we're not necessarily, you know, we do have working six days. And, and yes, we can stop and work six days and stop. And when I come to that stopping time, it's not, I, I'm just ramming my head into it. It's, oh no, there's a whole preparation, there's a whole movement, there's a whole slowing down. And as you said, in a daily rhythm, <clears throat> there's a whole, what does it actually mean to transition to being home? To being with family from whatever happened in the day. And that that then can, that can be the transition to then start the day. We, we see that preparation too when the Hebrews are in the wilderness and God has them collect double the manna the day before the Sabbath. So I think that even is biblical that, yeah, I need you to prepare for this. Like, think ahead a little bit. What are you going to need? And then the realization that, you know, some things are going to happen on your Sabbath. You can have all the greatest plans in the world, and then your kid gets the pukes, and there's your date. Yeah, you know, like, well, that's okay, I'll clean that up. I've got that tomorrow, it's Sabbath. It's not quite how that works. You still, you still, there's stuff you still have to do, but it's mentally... You know what? But I prepared this thing so that today I don't have to do this thing. You know, it's a making a conscious effort. No, I'm going to Sabbath. As much as I humanly possible can Sabbath, I'm going to Sabbath. I love as you said it, Laura, because I, I think that, um, you know, <clears throat> you're speaking to this before. What does it mean to set aside one day a week, which is which can sound and can be a lot, especially on familial context, can be a lot, a lot. What does it mean to set aside one day? And then when that one day is set aside, as you said, child has the pukes. It, it's not as if like, like you can just say, oh, no, sorry. You, you, this, is an, this is not the right day for this. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> can't get sick today. Too bad that was part you. of the rule. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that gets into a whole problem that we see much later on in our scripture that Jesus is pushing back against of all these regulations that have been added into what is really on one level quite a simple idea. And, and in that sense of, okay, so my child has the pukes. I'm not also trying to plan for the week, do all the laundry, do all the dishes while my child has, they're ill. I can actually care for my child while they're ill and not have the other 72,000 things going on this day. Yeah. And I can be fully present in this. And it's not to say it's necessarily going to feel utterly maybe Sabbathy, but I'm not juggling this in 32 other things. Ooh, that's good. That's good. I think that's been really, it's been important to me because um, I've just started practicing the Sabbath um, for Friday night to Saturday. 
And um, it's been, so like my, like I say, it was sort of jarring initially because I was like, oh my gosh, like it's like an absence of, which I was really experiencing and didn't know how to handle. (laughs) And I was doing a little bit more um, reading about that. And I I read the book, like Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and they have like a whole chapter in there about Sabbath. And and I'm sure that there's lots of commentaries about the way that you should um, practice Sabbath. And I'd love to hear what you think. But so much of what they they talk about is... um, that it is, it's like a space of uh, time with the Lord, but like just space, not necessarily like intentional study. It's not like you don't want to get to a place where like you're laboring, but it's like being intentionally present with the Lord, intentionally present with your family. And then also this idea of practicing delight. Um, and what is it that um, brings you delight? And so it's not the idea of like, okay, well, I'm like going to work on this project because it's something that I need to do for my house. But if painting gives me delight, then if I spend time that day painting in that space with family, with the Lord, like that's a way of being in Sabbath. It's not necessarily just sitting in silence the entire day and not engaging with life, but it's a different way of engaging with, like in that space of intimacy, I think. I like that. Like adding in the word delight, you know, do what delights you to some extent. That you can do with God, you know. Yes, absolutely, and I and I love as you said that, and I I um I think that's a beautiful articulation of, of this conversation that we're having, you know, it, and especially with that delight piece, Eden, literally meaning delight, you know, we're shopping with the Lord in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Delight, um, and, and in that vein, I think you know it's it can be such a fine line as you were saying, where if the study is laborious, that might not really be it, but there could be study that's delight filled. That's a different conversation. It could be the same act, but be very different to different people. You said it could be painting. But when my painting is now causing me anxiety because I want it to look a certain way and it's not looking that way, and why is my painting looking that way, we might have left the Sabbath conversation. Or I could be, maybe for me, the the place where I really stop and be with the Lord is in a really kind of um, vigorous run where my endorphins get moving and I can just feel the fresh air and I can smell the flowers or the snow at this time of year (laughs) in North Dakota, right? Um, and okay then maybe it turns into well i got to beat my best mile oh well at that moment i want to suggest we've kind of flipped into now this is more work conversation or exercise that's we've left the yeah. Yeah. left the light into performance yeah. exactly and that's where i don't I, I think the temptation is to say these things are sabbath and these things aren't and i and as i think you were saying there's so much of a heart space um how am I engaging with it? Is there delight in this? As you were saying, with the presence of the Lord, like that's going to so be informing how the Sabbath is probably going to feel. Um, because when it becomes a form of work, but then what qualifies as work? And for me, what might qualify as work might not qualify for you as work or you as work. Yeah, it's so much from a place of intention and a place of being. I know we've talked about that before, but just like being a human being instead of a human doing, you know, like being a human being and let that direct like you're doing. And that sometimes if we're so like product oriented, then like we're not in the space of just being with the Lord in the Garden of Delight. And I think about, you know, Laura, what you were saying before about the the attention to pay to it. And it's it's not to say to be so hyper aware that one can't be delighting with the presence of the Lord and stopping. And when my attention is just completely anywhere that 
that that's not I, I, that attention piece you said at the very beginning. I think is so important in this river of conversation, and you know, so I think also there gets to be conversations. I know I have. Um, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to have a number of uh, very dear friends, um, like Laura here with me, who's a pastor. And for so many pastors that I know, um, Sunday doesn't... Own... It is not Sabbath. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not Sabbath. what are you we saying? try after church, but then it's two o'clock in the afternoon and you still have to think of other things. And yeah. And really, by the time church gets old, I'm exhausted. I love people and I'm exhausted. And... I, I I realize now I have had the wrong mindset because I'm like, okay, I'm going to salvage what I have left of the Sabbath and try to rest and try to spend time, but I'm coming into it with zero. And I'm wondering how different my Sunday morning would look if I truly Sabbath with the Lord in delight the day before and I come to church at 100% feeling refreshed, okay, and I'm coming off a Sabbath. And now I'm ready. You know, how different would my life at church look if I came at 100% instead of, you know, not. And there's, I, I thank you. Because so there's so many pastors I know for whom they, when they call their Sabbath, it's not necessarily Sunday on morning at church. It might be, I know some people say Sunday at 2 to Monday at 2. Or Thursday, or Thursday night right. to Friday night, or Saturday. Like, and one of the things it, and it's so usually dependent upon familial dynamics. How what's their spouse is doing? What's their going on with their kids' lives? What other responsibilities do they have in the communal context that they're in? It, that one of the things I love about this passage, uh, and I love about just the idea of the Sabbath, is um, so far, as far as we've been told, and I know this gets to be a little controversial, but with the days, um, so far. The days that we've been told, the days, how do we know what day is which? You say that it was evening and morning. Evening, and so then it was day six or one. Like, what day of the week is it? I don't know. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right? Right. Um, So the idea of. Numerical. Yeah, it's It's entirely numerical. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So is seven. Thursday? (laughs) (laughs) And there gets to be a point where, okay, there's a whole idea about when this is. And I understand that that... But if we just look at it from the basis of how this is introduced in the days of creation, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So the idea that it's got to be this day. This is the only possible day that's allowed for it. I think it's it's not a super helpful reading of... of, And just not a, a straight reading of the days of creation. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So what am I saying? And in that sense, really for people, day one is day seven for God. Okay, so then what am I saying is the Sabbath? And and the idea that it has to be a, it has to be this day. You know, and I think for so many pastors in a context where Sunday is what we're all gonna say that the Sabbath is, to then turn around and go, okay, but I'm working all that day. <laughs> or, you know, some, some rabbis that I know where they would say, Look, when I have to be in the synagogue teaching, that's not a Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> like my Sabbath might be a bit of a different time. So, to not, I think we get sometimes get too beholden on. Well, this is when it has to be too. Yeah. And and as you were saying, I think so good for Laura. What does it actually mean to say? Oh, maybe it's, I could do this the day before because, boy, that Sunday does not necessarily always feel like Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Well, so um. 
There was another thing, uh, Laura, you were really pointing to this, and it's in the Exodus, and it's a huge, beautiful conversation. But just to kind of point to, to something in there, too, which is when the children of Israel um, cross uh, the Red Sea, they have the bitter waters of Marah moment, um, and God provides them water. And then after water, um, the people are saying, we're hungry. So God provides them with quail and manna. And then the very next thing people do is Sabbath. Sabbath, right? You're watered, you're fed, stop. Meaning once our kind of most basic of basic essential needs are met. Like enough. It's enough. We can stop now. You know, and I think in that sense, one could say, what do we put third? You know, when we when we're past the dying of uh, thirst or starvation, what do we put now? And here's God saying, right, third me, thing, me. <laughs> yeah, me. you're not going to die physically. <laughs> stop. You have your most stop. And, you know, in that sense, what do we put right after that? Yeah, I think that challenges us to think about um, our priorities because I think that we, so often when I have conversations with people, they talk about like, God first, family second, career third. You know, like I hear that often where it's like, okay, well, I put God first. And yet, like I, I find often that it, it's more of like family first, career second, or career first, family second, God third, because God is sort of convenient to move around. Like, he's not so present. Like, I, I feel like God's a jealous God, but he's also a gentleman. Like, he doesn't, you know, like, he'll wait <laughs> for you to come to him, to that space. And, um, yeah, if we just continue to push off stopping, um, like, he'll, he'll, he's so wonderful in that he'll wait for us and he'll be there. Like, whenever we choose to stop, that's one thing I think is so beautiful is that he'll be there waiting for us. And yet, um... Like, he knows what we really need. It's not just because he um, is anxious for our attention. It's that he recognizes, like, you need this stop. Like, you need this stop in this sacred space with me. You know? Like, if you're not going to die of thirst and hunger, like, this is your next need, actually. <laughs> and and how um, generous it is for him to just plainly show that and and give that to us if we can receive it and, and I love this uh, that was right God is, God's always there waiting do I choose to enter in but the idea that the Sabbath is not ready and available to each and every one of us do I choose to enter in because God's there hey we can stop and then um I love as you were saying, uh, you know, what are the, what what we say is the priority, and um, I was thinking in that vein about too, you know, someone say, well, Noah, you said uh, food and drink, um, but like, so are you saying like my favorite milkshake or like <laughs> that really exquisite meal at my at my favorite restaurant? Basic, <laughs> right? the most basic. It's water. Okay, quail might be not, and manna, right? Uh, water quail. Manna. 
It's it's not like okay, well, since it's gonna be food and drink, now I'm just gonna go spend all of my time making the most amazing food. And please, I'm not trying to say great food tastes great, but it can even I can even figure out contort my way to somehow not stop by getting so into well, we have to have the best tasting drinks and the most delicious food, and because that because because it said drinking food and then stopping with cuts, basic, basic necessity to biologically live, stop. Mm. And, and now we're stopped. Oreos and Dr. Pepper. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> got it in the van right now. <laughs> Birthday present. <laughs> Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I don't know. I find that challenging because I, I do think, you know, do we, are we prioritizing that stopping? Do we see it as something that is necessary for life or do we find it luxurious and something that we put off? I think it, it, it is necessary for life. Um, so much so that it was our first experience as human beings that was like, okay, so before you get distracted by everything else, here's this. Just want you to know this is very important. This is how you're experiencing life for the first whole day before I give you some of these other things that you can spend your time doing. Um, so I don't know. I'm challenged. I hope that as listeners, I hope that you're challenged to think about where are you creating space to stop um, sacred space, time with the Lord, time with delight, um, where you're just totally and completely present, where it's not filled with all of the other leftover things to do from the week. Cause sometimes like that's our catch up day where we think like, Oh, okay. I'll, like I'm gonna take a day off and run errands. So it's not like an errand run day, but just like a day where we're actually stopping, you know, that's a day of removing things so that we can have that space to be beings with the Lord in a sacred community. So grab your water, get some, get some crackers, <laughs> And stop. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, good. so good. So good. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We hope that um, please do check out more things on our website, scripturecircles.com. Um, we have our newsletter and we have these podcasts that come out every other month. Um, and more importantly, most importantly, we just invite you to join us in the conversation at one of our upcoming circles. Um, one thing we really believe is that every voice adds value to the conversation and we know that by you joining the conversation that it will transform the dialogue and probably someone else's perspective on the word in life. And so we really invite you to join us. Thank you so much, Pastor Laura, Thank for you. being here. Oh, this was good. And uh, Rabbi Noah, we're just excited to have you part of our committee and also um, part of this great conversation today. Paul Thank Stop you. Thank you.